Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. So we're, we're setting up chairs, and this guy's showing up every single week. He's putting the chairs out on Friday or Thursday, and, and so I'm kind of learning all these people. And, and before you know it, they said, this is just, we call him Coach. And I says, okay, that's cool for me because I call a lot of people Coach. And uh, so, so then, obviously, I'm starting to dig in. I'm trying to figure out more about who the people are, and I do a little Google search on Coach Gary Waters. And it was like, wow, this guy has had such a great career. And, and being a coach for over, I've been in coaching college basketball for 40 years, 21 years as a head coach. Um, been married for almost 50 years to his wife, Bernadette. Now, he's going to speak about her in just a moment. He has uh, two beautiful kids, uh, Sean and Cena, seven grandchildren. That's a rich man right there, you know. That's a rich man when you have seven grandkids. You know, Pastor had the vision for this day. And he began to share some stories about, about what he would, would like to see from this day to benefit us, not just the men in the house, but also the, the ladies in the house, because uh, these are important things that we talk about, the principles that we are driven, living by. I, I do want to share, before I give you a chance to kind of share a little bit about your journey, just a couple of things that, that just stood out to me, and just like neon lights about you have to mention this. Number one, at 11 years at Cleveland State University, of every student athlete that completed their eligibility, 100% graduated with their degree. Man. Four times the NCAA recognized him for those efforts in the top 10% in America. Now, this is what tells me about the character and the integrity of a man. Because a lot of times these basketball coaches are looking to do one thing, and that's just win basketball games. That was important to him, obviously, but what was more important was the fact that he cared about the student-athlete, that basketball may not be in your future forever, but a good education and completing what you started is what's going to be there forever. So for that, our hats are off, and we thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Coach Gary, I'm going to be quiet because we want to hear what you have to say. I, I told him on the, on the way over, I said, you know, there's some people in life that you can talk to, and there's some people that you could listen to for hours on end. And I'm telling you, I could just listen to him for hours because he's such a good conversationalist, wisdom and knowledge. And so we're going to gain some of that today. Coach, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got into all this. Well, before I do that, uh, let me say welcome. <laughs> and I'm glad to be here. Uh, I tell you, that, that was a, uh, I tell you, that was a wonderful welcome. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, uh, chills went down me when I was listening to everyone clap. Uh, it's great to be here. I want, I want you to know that. And first, before I tell you anything about myself, let me acknowledge some people because that's very important to me. First and foremost, I must acknowledge my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and you need to know that I've been doing this for over 40 years. And what I mean by what I've, I've been doing, I've been acknowledging uh, God publicly. And, you know, that's what God wants you to do. He just doesn't want you to be ashamed of it. And, and what you also should know, that when you, when you acknowledge him publicly, he has you in his hands. 
And so you have, to, you have nothing to worry about. You know, I was in settings where church and state meant a whole lot. And I'm in press conferences communicating with people. And the first thing I bring up is God. And they all look back, whoa, whoa, whoa we didn't ask for that. And, uh, and, uh, but I knew God had my back. So I just wanted you to know that and how important that is. Secondly, I must acknowledge uh, our pastor and first lady, Tracy uh, and, uh, and, uh, Tracy and Tony Stewart, for their uh, commitment to what we do. And I want, I want you to know that, how important that is, because we're, I'm just happy to be a part of his family. And I hope you feel the same, okay? Now, I kind of got that mixed up a little bit, I, you know, and didn't get it right. The pastor is Tony, and Tracy is the first lady. And, and I hope you didn't take that, take that any hard way. <laughs> oh, Casey, Casey, I'm so, Man, I'm screwing this whole thing up. <laughs> and you know what? In all honesty, I did a good job at the last church, you know. <laughs> coach him up, coach him up. <laughs> no, it's, it's really good. And, and I must also acknowledge the love of my life for the past 49 years. My wife over here, Bernadette. Um, this January, we will have been married for 50 years, a half a century. And let me say this, I love her as much today as I loved her then. And thirdly, I must acknowledge the fathers. You know, that's important. Today is a very important day. And fathers, we only get two days. Father's Day and our birthday. And, and understand that. Those are the only two days we get. And, uh, but, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day. And we were discussing it. And uh, we just bringing up the concept about uh, Father's Day. And he said, well, I wonder, I wonder how, how big is Father's Day honored? What tradition does it have? How big is it? And so he literally looked it up on the internet. And literally, it's the last of all the holidays, last. But let me tell you the irony with all that. You, you know what was number one? Halloween. Now, that tells you where our world is at and, and our society. And uh, so understand, Father's Day mean a lot to you fathers. And, but I even got to say it even means more because God has entrusted us with some special gifts. And that's the children that we have. And our responsibility, and God tells us this, and it's written in, in the word, that we should nurture them, we should love them. It fell over. You're, you're good. Oh, man, they didn't want to stay up, I don't think. <laughs> to nurture them, to love them, but more importantly, we need to be there for them so they understand the direction they have to, to go. Fathers, please understand that. That's your responsibility. Just to give you a little insight on myself, I was born in Detroit, Michigan, both my, my wife and I, and we, uh, we, we were married in Detroit, we enjoyed our time there, and uh, we went on, we went in college, we went to, the, went to the same college. She went a little time after me. She literally allowed me to do my thing. And then she, and I said, okay, I gotta allow you to do your thing. And she, we did that and we both go, went to college and had, got our masters and all those type of things. And, uh, and now we're, we're on a journey for retirement. Uh, and, and I'm enjoying every bit of it because God directed me toward this. And let me tell you, when I say he's got your back, when I first got into coaching, I, I made a decision in coaching that uh, 
and not in coaching, but just a decision in, in general. I, was, I graduated from college and, and I got drafted to play in the NBA and, and that didn't go as far as I wanted it to go. And then I went overseas for a short stint and I said, oh, you know, this isn't what I really want to do. I, you know, I really want to do what I spent all this time working toward. And, it, and, and I had a degree in business. I had a degree in psychology. I said, you know, I can use this. But I said, that's not what I also want to do either. What I want to do is transform lives. So I sat down with the Lord and I said, God, this is what I want to do. And he said, okay, I get it. This is what you want to do. And we had a, we had a great conversation. He and I just talked. And uh, he said, I get it. We're going to do this. Uh, he says, but let me say this. If you truly mean what you are saying, I will take care of you every day of your life in this profession. And to be able to retire, that tells you he has taken care of me. That's, that's God himself. So, Coach, I know in, in your life, I'm sure, uh, and I know coaching can be a lot of high moments, can also be a lot of valleys in your life as well. To us, for all of us here today, how do you balance and keep God, family, and the career Keep it all together. I mean, it, it obviously has a pull on, a, on each one of us. It, it truly does. But you know what? You have to keep it in priority. What is, what is first in your life and what is important in your life? And what I normally did when I coach, and I do it still today, I literally put things in threes. And they were in threes for a purpose because of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I've made a commitment to that, and I understand that. So in my threes in life, I work toward that. So, and, what, and I say, what is important? First, God, and foremost, he's, he's first in my life. Secondly, I put family, and thirdly, I put my career. Now, when I put God first, I mean, I really have to make a commitment to that. You know, you have to put him first in everything you do. When I wake up in the morning, the only thing I do beyond uh, talking to the Lord is go to the restroom. But beyond that, we sit, I got a private room, we sit and we talk and I study and I get to know him and even more and, and I do that each and every day. And then my family, I bring them next. And family is important, all of you out there. It's, it's vital to who you are. And there should be a divine order in that family, and God has committed that towards you. So in, in, in our family, we have Christ, who's the Christ head, he's at the head of the church, then I'm second. You know, I'm second, he puts me there, and then he puts my wife third. Now, some of you women out, may, out there may say, well, why am I third? You're not really third in, in, your, in your husband's life. You're just third in, in the hierarchy of divine order. And, and, and why is that important? Because if you don't have that divine order, you have what others say, chaos. And if you, want, if you want to have a family that's together, you put that in order like that, and God blesses those families. And the third thing is my career. You know, it's been a long career. I'm going to be honest with you. It's been a highly successful career. And I'm not trying to boast about it. It's just, it's just it has happened. But, you know, the wins, as I heard uh, uh, Mike talk about, the wins were for God. They weren't for me. The, the, the working with people was for me. And I spent all my time doing that and making sure they become the best they can become. Because you're gonna get a lot of children that are not, uh, uh, not complete or doesn't have a complete family. And then you gotta be that family for them. You gotta lead them forward to, to their success. And then you gotta give them a purpose, where to go. But in that purpose, you must let them know that God should be first in everything you do. 
in my book, 10 Principles of a Character Coach, I got 10 principles I talk about. And they're all very strong, uh, godly-based principles. But the first one is God first. And, you know, it's funny. When I was writing this book, uh, my, my editor said, well, you know, we should change the first chapter. And I said, I can't do that. I mean, that's, that's why I'm writing the book. He said, well, let's, let's, uh, let's play with it a little bit. I said, okay, what, what do you want to do with it? He says, well, you know, when you talk about it uh, the, and everything, make sure it's, it's downplayed. I was saying, so we came up with another name. And the name was uh, uh, Search for the Truth. And he said, oh, yeah, that's good. People won't, you won't turn anybody off by that. I said, okay, I can do that. And he said, and then he went on to say, he said, okay, that's good. And, and so with that editor, I said, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with this. So I ended up getting another editor. And that other editor told me, say, you don't have to do that, however. But the first editor, he didn't realize we would have changed the title, Search for the Truth, but everything in it would have been the same thing. So, you know, and that's how these, these things work out. That's great. Coach, I know in our uh, previous conversation, you talked about the mentors in your life, the people that were influential in your life. And so if you would take just a moment, kind of elaborate on that. But before you do share, I want to let the audience also in on this. Uh, Coach had been selected with a, a committee to put together NCAA mentoring program. So he speaks from a position of experience and wisdom. And so I want you to elaborate on the people that mentored you and then how we could possibly mentor others, each one of us, whether we call ourselves a mentor or not, what does that look like in our life? Well, let's first talk before uh, about the people in your lives that have influenced you. And that's one of the questions, correct? So, you know, the first in my life were my parents. They're both deceased, but they were the first to put me on a, on a path, and they directed what I do. Now, understand, that should be first in all your children's lives. They should not be looking for other things to direct their lives. The parents should be first. And I say that because, you know, sometimes parents just want to do certain things and maybe only be an example to their children. You have to literally be the role model to your children. Don't let anyone on the outside be a role model to your children because that's the role that you play. Now, you know, when I went into homes and talked to players and, and their parents, I would tell them I can't be their role model. And then they would look at me and say, hey, didn't we, that's why you're here. We want you to do those kind of, I said, no, nah, no, nah, but what I can be is an example to your child and how I live my life. And I want to show that every day. But then I would go on to the parents and say, you are their role model and you have to be that person in their lives. Uh, but when we talk about mentors, that's a whole different subject matter. And when I say that, uh, in church, you need mentors. You need people that you can communicate to them, communicate with that can help you and move forward. You know, in my life, I have what I call accountability partners. So when I sit down with them, you know, they tell me, you know, they just tell me what I want to hear. They're telling me what I need to know to help me move forward. And you need those kind of people also in your lives. That's great. Coach, you mentioned uh, your coach. I think it was Coach Jim Finks. Oh, yes. I had, was your, was your well, big inspiration? Well, I had my parents, and then I had a, another person that was really, and I want to tell this story because it's a great story. Uh, when I was young, 17 years old, you know, I was a college, I was a high school, in high school, playing basketball, everything. One of my best friends told me, he said, let's, let's try out for this summer league team. Back in the day, they didn't have AAU and all the things that's going on today. You either played at a boys club or a YMCA or you played summer league. 
And so we played on the summer league team, or recreation team, you could call it. And he asked me, did I want to play with him on there? I said, I'd love to. He said, well, uh, you know, it's it would be great for you because, you know, we play a lot of competition and so on. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So we, he said, but you need to understand, you got to try out, and they got to get to know who you are. I said, oh, don't worry about that, I'll get that done. So we went and uh, we went to the first practice, and and at at the end of it, the the past uh, the the coach came up to me and said, hey, I, uh, you, we love your game. We want you to be a part of this team, and you can really help us. I said, great, great. I'd love to do the, the same thing. Then they looked at me, and then I looked at them again, and I said. Is there anything else? And he said, yes, there's one thing else, that you're going to have to go to church with me every Sunday. And I said, whoa, go to church with you every Sunday. And I said, yeah, you know, I understand. I was raised in the church, and, and, and my parents taught me the importance, and I was just raised in the church. But I didn't, I didn't understand Jesus Christ. And so now there's a difference. There's a big difference. And so once I realized that, you know, my life changed. However, I said, okay, I'll do this, and I'll be a part of this. You know, I'll go every week with you to church. And then so went to first church session, and I go in, and I look up. The pastor is the coach. <laughs> now, we had a title for him. We called him uh, Pastor White. His name was Joseph White. And I said, oh, I said, you didn't tell me all this. He said, yeah, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't have to tell you this. And now you got to understand, not only was he the coach, he also played with us out there on the, on the court. So, I mean, we had a great relationship, but he was the pastor. And, and how unique that was, because what I ended up doing is going to church with him every Sunday. He led me to Jesus Christ. And, uh, but more importantly, come on. I can't say more importantly, but somewhat important <laughs> in our lives, he married my wife and I. And so he was a great, great mentor to me. And the last one is my, my college coach. Uh, he, you know, I think when you send a kid off to college, you want him to gain certain experience. And I ended up uh, following my coach and getting a chance to know what he was truly about. And he was truly a man of character. Uh, a godly man, uh, he, he served in the church, he was just, he was so strong in all those things and he was truly committed. And it framed my life, it made me realize this is what a coach must do. Now in the book, I'm gonna tell you something, and it's early in the book, I talk about uh, Dr. Naismith. I don't know if you heard that name before, but he is the inventor of basketball. And he literally started the first uh, YMCA. And Dr. Naismith, when he created basketball, he said a couple of things. And you know what? I'd like to read them, if you don't mind. Sure. So you'll get an understanding what coaching should be about. And what made me really make a decision, say, I want to write this book. Dr. Naismith said, I believe that if you elect to be a coach, it was also your responsibility to be an advisor, a counselor, and a father figure, and to act at all times as an example to the athletes in your care. He also envisioned that sports should develop character, foster patriotism, and instill ethical values that would serve the participant well into later life. 
you know, when I, when I read that, I said, is this is what sport's all about today? Is college basketball really about this? And, and I, I had big questions in my mind. And not only this, in life, I'm saying, are we really doing the right thing for our children? And so what I'm saying to you is I had this person that exemplified to me what a coach should truly be like. And it allowed me to live my life similar to that and go out and do the same things when I became a head coach. You know, Coach, uh, you, you mentioned about the Christ-likeness that you carried throughout your entire career. For some of us, and I know for many years I worked and I was the only Christian in that environment, mm -hmm. and I cannot tell you the, the pressures that many face in this room today. With everything that you've went through in your life, what could you say to us that may not get the chance to work with all Christians right now? So thank goodness for that. <laughs> but, but there's many of you that walk through some very dark moments. You go into the office and literally you're the only shining light in the whole place. Talk to us because you have this book on character. It, it deals with integrity. It deals with Christ-likeness in a dark world. Tell us, give us some advice on, on, on how we can keep our head above the water and maintain our, our Christian exuberance, so to speak. That's very good, Mike. Uh, first and foremost, I think you have to identify who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for us. And then you need to read about him. Don't just listen to him in, only in a sermon. Study him, read him and what he's all about. Read his example. And then take another step and try to exemplify his example. You know, you may can't do all the things, we know that, but he knows you're trying, he knows your heart. And that's the first thing that's very, very important is your heart. And, uh, and you need to try to do that each and every day. And then I'm going to say, you need to find some time to, to pray, to pray. Pray to the Lord so he knows who you are. And Well, he knows who you are anyway. But you need to pray because he, he I am say most of you, he's already written your name in the book of life. And, and, and you may not even know that. You may not realize that, you know, before you were even thought of, your name was written in there, and he knew exactly what you were going to do. And, you know, even though we still have all this, this freedom to do what we want to do, we come back to him, and he knows that. But you need to study him and so you can be an example of Christ in this world, and you need to do this each and every day. Don't hesitate, because you'll find that you can really enjoy it. You know, every mor morning I get up. I get up every morning, and I study him. I study him and I spend time, and I have more time now because I'm in retirement. But I study him, I get to know what he's about, and it, it helps me live this life in a world today where all these issues are going on. Coach, just I, I got to bring a coaching question. This is totally off script. Okay. <laughs> so I know from my experience in playing ball, daily drills, we're going to do it every day. We're going to practice it. Um, for, for us, godly men, Tell us, what are daily drills that you live your life by that we can imply to, apply to our lives as well? Well, first and foremost, like I said, a daily drill that I do every morning is get up. And, I, and I, the only thing I do before it is go to the bathroom. Beyond that, I'm, I get up. That's what I'm doing. First thing. And I'm studying. I'm studying him hard. Not just, you know, reading a verse real quickly and get through it. I mean, study him and get to know who he is. And then secondly, I try to sit down and pray with him so he knows, he knows my heart and what I truly mean, what I say and do. And then thirdly, I try to respond to other people in our world to help them and the ones that are in need. You know, today there's so many things you can do in the church to help. I mean, get into ministry. You can do that to be a part of the Lord. 
I'm also saying something that is very important is that you monetary, monetarily give to the church because, because the church can't do what it's trying to do for all the people in, 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 in the church, the society, and the world. It can't do that unless you do that. And, and you got to do it in your tithes. you got to do it in your givings, uh, in your offerings. You must make that commitment to them. You know, I give you a funny thing about uh, uh, offerings. Every Sunday... You know, we give tithes. We've, we've committed to that. Now, God said, and in, in in Jesus Christ said, that's not the key. You give what you can give. But in the, in the Old Testament, it talks about 10%. And that's the importance because you've got to give enough for the church to move and maneuver. You have to do that. But, you know, one thing my wife and I decided in, in our offering is every, every time we go to church, we're going to give an offering. And Why? Because if we go, to the, we go to the show, we give an offering. We pay to go to the show. We do anything outside of that instead of giving to the Lord. And I'm telling you, you need to make those type of commitments so you can help the kingdom. Hey. Coach, I just want to ask you if you do think pastor's going to come up here in just a few minutes. But I want to know, would you be willing to pray over the men of this church and, and oh, even definitely. the women today? Definitely, definitely. Let's stand, everyone. Let's stand. Let's acknowledge the Lord in standing, even though we should be on our knees, right? <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this time and this moment and this special day, Father's Day. You didn't create it. Man created it, but it's for a purpose, and the purpose is to acknowledge your children, your children in Christ. And anyone that out there that's a father that has someone they have to acknowledge, meaning their children, they should be respectful and understand that that is a, a demand by God. God, thank you for walking with us each and every day. Thank you for being a part of our lives. You know, there's so many things in this world we can gravitate toward, and, and we make them our gods. But you are the first and the foremost. And our Lord Jesus Christ tells us that, that you are the first. And I want each member in this church, in our church home, to understand that God is with us everywhere we go. Lord, bless us. Keep us in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. And you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today, and we'll see you next time.